Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today for episode 18. We're in a conversation series called Leaders in the Living Room. This series is all about helping followers of Jesus to glean wisdom from Christian leaders from around the country on how to lead in their homes and workplaces during a season like the one we're in with the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, lead minister Ryan Heathco joins the episode to share wisdom and insight from his living room perspective. Well, here we go. This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining the episode today. I'm super excited um, as we continue our series, Leaders in the Living Room. Today, I am joined by somebody who I consider a mentor, who's been a big uh, advocate and friend and encourager in my uh, life and in ministry. He is the lead minister at Ben Davis Christian Church on the west side of Indianapolis. Welcome to the show, Ryan Heathcote. Ryan, say hi to the podcast for us. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me and uh, for letting me just join in on you guys' conversations. Yeah, man. Well, Ryan and I met, gosh, Ryan, 2013. LeBron was playing for the Miami Heat. <laughs> it was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was a while ago. Yeah, you reached out to me. We were out in California, and Ryan reached out to me and uh, through some mutual friends and uh, asked about joining in partnership in ministry, and and we did. It was it was a fun but short season um, at BDCC. It's I love that church, and Ryan has done a phenomenal job at uh, taking over as the lead minister there uh, after a long run with Jerry Williams. And and that church is growing, it's thriving, and it's becoming a, a beacon of hope and light on the west side of Indianapolis. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a really exciting transition for us at Ben Davis uh, Christian Church. And uh, we're just excited about both life here in the pandemic and life after. Yeah, man, the pandemic. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But Ryan, I, I kind of gave it away what you do, but tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and, and why do you do what you do? Yeah. So actually, um, I am in my home office right now. Uh, we're not closed down anymore in Indiana, uh, but I took some vacation days this week. And so you might hear my kids on the ski ball machine be, uh, underneath me in the basement it's a little bit of a racket. They've got some friends over and they're having some good times on their fall break. But um, yeah, I mean, so, the series is called Leaders in the Living Room, right? It's almost my living room. It's it's my personal study. So yeah, um, man. So first and foremost, you know, who am I? I mean, Christ follower. And I don't mean that in a cliche, uh, but that's been really important to me here in this pandemic. And that's really become my mantra. Uh, but you know, also just a husband to uh, my high school sweetheart and father of three. Um, I'm a pastor and I love the art form that is preteen um, and leading the church, uh, which I believe is the hope of the world. And I'm also an entrepreneur. So I always have a lot of irons in the fire. I always like having a lot of different things going in my life. Um, that's kind of a little bit about me. Um, I'm, I'm, I guess when you ask like why I do what I do, um, I mean, everything is ultimately, uh, because of who I am as a Christ follower, right? I mean, it's it's the consequence of my identity in Christ and what I believe will ultimately bring about maximum purpose um, in my lifetime, you know, fulfillment. Uh, what, what things do I really want to leave behind uh, years after I'm gone? 
And, and these are things that have the most value to me. Yeah, man. And I'll tell you one thing about Ryan, uh, for those of you who are listening, is what you read on paper, what you hear on the podcast is the guy you get. I mean, he's the same on stage and off stage, super caring leader, super thoughtful leader, leader, uh, very entrepreneurial, uh, very um, out there and innovative. And uh, I have loved uh, the opportunity I got to work for him and the opportunity to, to continue our friendship and mentorship. I've, I've called and 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 talk to Ryan about all kinds of things. And he's told me when I've been an, an idiot and he's told me when I've been wise. So I love this guy. And uh, I hope the wisdom that he shares today will be um, super impactful for you guys. So, Ryan, we're in a series called Leaders in the Living Room. Uh, we're trying to glean wisdom from leaders like yourself from around the country on how we can be leading our living rooms. And so when I talk about living rooms, I'm talking about two specific spaces, mm-hmm. uh, the workspace and the home space, okay? And especially leading in a season like the one we're in with this pandemic. Uh, so why don't you start there by telling us uh, how you've been doing this season? How's it been leading your family? And then subsequently, how's it been leading the workplace? Oh, man. Um, so I'll just jump in on the personal side and kind of let that work its way into the professional side, because that's that's really the way my life works anyways. Um, and hopefully that's the way most of your listeners' lives are working, not the other way around. Um, but, you know, I've got uh, three kids. I've got a, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and I've got a 5-year-old. And so the pandemic, um, you know, it was very surreal uh, when it began. I remember going to the grocery store in the evenings uh, just to go fetch whatever we needed for the week. Uh, we were doing our best just to to not overstockpile and wipe out shelves, but just to take what we needed. And so we'd go and, or I'd go alone. And I just remember being totally um, moved uh, in, in some of those sobering, surreal ways, just seeing empty shelves for the first time in my life. And, and I'm a traveler um, and I've been to a lot of places on this planet. Um, and I've spent a lot of time in developing nations. And it really, reminded me of what it was like to go to a lot of those developing nations where you go into a grocery store, um, you go into some kind of marketplace and you have scarcity. And so that was, that was really something that bothered me. Um, my 10 year old's old enough to know really what's going on and to pick up on things, um, very aptly. And so, um, it was important for me to lead him through all this, uh, especially and in, in just as he became more aware and it was obvious on his face that there were times when he was fearful about what might happen. Um, so, you know, for, for our family, um, there, there was a lot of that emotion. Um, and now we have not dealt with um, the, the realities of going without like a lot of our friends have. Uh, but, but for us, there was definitely some emotion. In it. And so, you know, for us as a, as a family, uh, sitting around the dinner table and and just having the open conversations with our kids, not pulling any punches, but you know, in the most appropriate way possible, just talking to them about, hey, uh, you know, this is what we're afraid of. This is uh, what we're dealing with, but this is how we know that God is always going to provide for us. And so, this pandemic probably gave us an opportunity, more so than any other time, uh, to really show our kids how faith works its way out. Um, I think that we could really easily ignore 
those possibilities by trying to sweep some of these dinner table conversations under the rug by not having them for our families. But for us, man, like what better time in our life to this point um, have we had to say like, hey, this is what provision looks like, you know, that we believe in a God who provides for us. Because in the 21st century, uh, affluence of America with the refrigerator and cabinets and everything else you have going in your life, you know, it's, it's hard to actually talk about the provision of God with your kids. But here's some real tangible ways to hit that to home and to help them practice their faith as well as it becomes their own. Um, so that's that's been the, the personal side of things, um, just having those conversations. Um, uh, professionally, um, very similarly, uh, just being bold in our leadership at the church, uh, being united in our front as a leadership team, having open and honest conversations, uh, giving everybody a place at the table, the opportunity to push back, the opportunity to share uh, what they're dealing with. Because ultimately, if there's one challenge that the pandemic offered us as a congregation, um, it, it's probably in our leadership team, just the disparity between people who are going to be a little bit more bold and others who are going to be a little bit more cautious in terms of their desire for reopening and leadership and how we experience Sunday mornings and small groups and on down a long list of things. And so giving everybody the opportunity to dialogue and just to work through their emotions and to process that process that through the lens of faith has been huge for us. Yeah. I, and I love that. I love what you said about, um, you know, leading at home and showing your kids how faith works out. Cause I think every leader, regardless if you're just a, a husband or a mother or a wife, um, whether you're leading a large organization or you're just leading at home. If you're a believer, I think the number one thing you had to do during this season was to, to show your family, your kids like, Hey, this is crazy. This is scary, but this is where faith really comes in. We trust that God is going to, to provide and get us through this. Uh, we may not have clarity, but we can have trust. And so, and I love that. I love the idea about uh, bold leadership because uh, if you think about it, there's been there's been two sides of this, right? There's been the bearish people and there have been the bullish people. The bearish are like, no, let's be more conservative. Let's wait. Let's, let's get the cases down. Let's see what the CDC says. And then you have the bullish people that are like, no, forget the CDC, forget the cases. Let's go. Let's reopen. Let's get everything back. And as a leader, we you specifically navigating that at home and in your church, your organization have had to probably almost teeter back and forth. And so, you know, you look at the season, Ryan, and you have the pandemic. And so it's one thing to be bear, bearish or bullish. But then also in the midst of this, we've had the racial tensions that flare up. We've had uh, and those tensions have divided our nations our nation so much. We've had murder hornets. We've had sandstorms out in the Midwest, right? We've had fires out here in California. We've had churches and their leaders publicly biting back at each other like crazy. I mean, you name it. And so through it, through that all, you, you as a leader are trying to, you know, do we, are we conservative in our decision-making here or are we more aggressive uh, in our decision-making here? So we're about seven, almost eight months in. If you could go back, what would you do differently 
what decisions would you make that might be different or would you keep the same choices and why? Yeah. So, um, processing that question, I mean, I I don't, I don't want to come across as being haughty or anything or overly confident, but uh, truly I'm, I'm really proud of the decisions that our leadership team uh, made. I think that, uh, by and large, we've made decisions that we felt really confident in. And just to give a little bit of clarity about what those have looked like, um, we've continuously sided on hyper caution, um, at least Hoosier hyper caution, I should say, because here in the Midwest, yeah, that's we're probably a, a little bit different than uh, what we are in, in some of our coastal cities. Uh, but, you know, we're in Indianapolis uh, and we're within the city limits. And so this is definitely an urban environment, as you know. Uh, that we that we're in, um, and so we've wanted to be contributors uh, to positive things. Uh, you know, the the ultimate uh, just health of our our school system, uh, wanting to work with our our government officials, um, and so we've had that open line of dialogue dialogue with with both of those communities, and and we've weighed each and every decision uh, that we've made as a church against that against our desire uh, to have uh, good dialogue and good partnership. And so um, we've uh, opened slowly as a consequence. Um, and we have that luxury, honestly, because we're a healthy church. We were a healthy church before uh, the pandemic. Uh, we were a healthy growing church before the pandemic, and we're still a healthy growing church, even in the midst of the pandemic. And so there's a lot less pressure on us right now um, then there might have been if we weren't healthy and we had no line of, of connection or, or means of communicating and caring for our church members and discipling. But we have those systems in place. Our church is healthy. And so uh, the pandemic is, is not too frightening to us for that reason. And so we opened up slowly by having Backyard Church. In fact, we acquired the URL backyard.church and we really built up a platform for just having churches in backyards. Uh, while a lot of our Brothers and sisters in Christ here in Indianapolis were making the decision to reopen. And that's great for them. That worked for them. It just wasn't the decision, wasn't the leadership posture that we had chosen. And uh, and so we had churches thriving in backyards all across Indianapolis. Uh, we had neighbors joining in uh, those backyard churches, and we grew as a consequence of that. Um, as it came time, uh, just as time went on and the, the heat got a little bit intolerant, uh, that, that nice Midwestern humidity. Uh, we started meeting in our gymnasium. We just put t- families around tables and let them gather. And that went well. And so actually just within the last few weeks, we finally reopened our building. And to my knowledge, we're uh, one of the last larger Christian churches um, here in Indy uh, that have actually reopened uh, their their doors. And so uh, we, we said all along that um, we're not going to be ashamed to to have a little bit slower approach. We don't have the pressure because we're a healthy congregation. We already were live streaming. We already had all those means of communicating digitally uh, with our church and the emphasis of, of our church anyways is discipleship. And, and that didn't have to stop just because we weren't gathering in the house on, on Sunday mornings. Right. Yeah. I mean, this whole notion that, <clears throat> that people were saying, oh, the church is closed, church is closed. I think leaders around the country, especially pastors, were trying to say, no, 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 the church is not closed. We're just not gathering how we used to. The churches will always be open because the church isn't 
a building, it's the people, right? And there were two things that you said that I really loved. I love the idea of being contributors. And I think that can span both in organizational leadership and in the home is how are you contributing to your environment, whether that's at work or at home, instead of being a consumer? Because I don't know about you, but there are very many moments where I was tempted to just become a consumer in this season, right? Consume Netflix, consume food, consume eating out, uh, consume everybody around me to cater to myself. Uh, but the idea was to push through that and to be a contributor. How was I helping my home environment? How was I leading my my family in a way that was going to contribute to their faith? How was I leading in my organization that was going to help continue to pastor and shepherd people that are in our congregation? So I love that you and BDC had that mindset of being contributors instead of consumers. And then you talked about health. And health is probably has become, uh, you know, health is always important for a leader, but it it has become one of the top conversations around pastoral leadership, especially in this season. I mean, we're seeing church, some churches close doors. We're seeing leaders, um, you know, who maybe their, their spiritual health is being revealed in ways that are not helpful right now. And so in this season, Ryan, you know, I know myself that I've found that when my spiritual reservoir has been running on empty, my emotional, mental, and physical capabilities were severely impacted. What have you been doing to stay healthy spiritually as God has been working in you and through you in this season? Yeah, I think the key of what you just said is stay healthy. Um, you know, there's an old saying, uh, the uh, the best time to plant a tree is 100 years ago. The second best time is now, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I think we have a lot of leaders um, who are realizing in, in the midst of the pandemic, um, in the midst of social upheaval and change, that maybe they're not as healthy as they should have been. And so they're playing catch up. And it's really hard to play catch up in the midst of an emergency. Um, and so, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about this conversation of health, hey, there's no shame if if today you're saying all right so i've not been healthy and today's the day i get healthy and you begin this process of renewal um good for you you know there's no shame in that uh but it's just a reminder always that the best time is to uh have the best time to be healthy is is to you know a long time ago you should have started that process a while ago um and so staying healthy uh just really anchoring down in the things that i do and the things that i know uh keep me healthy um, having a great network of people around me always keeps me healthy. I have to have as a pastor, I have to have an outlet, especially an outlet outside of my local context uh, to to really go and to express thoughts, fears, and dumb ideas. You know, I have a couple of friends who I can call up and I can just say, this is a dumb idea, but it's in my head or it's in my heart. And I, I need to say this uh, in a place that I know is safe, uh, that I know uh, we can go, we can take that to prayer and we can we can work out together because there have been those moments where you're angry about something that you're seeing unfold on TV and some of the social change uh, that that we uh, that we have in our country right now. And, and, and you have these emotions stirring down, down deep in your heart. And where do you take that? You know, as a pastor, as a preacher, you can't take that uh, to your platform, uh, not not until it's been processed and weighed and, and bathed and scripture and prayer. Um, and so uh, for me, 
I've always had those opportunities, those people in my life who, who just want to uh, listen, encourage, and coach. And so I think those folks are important. I think it's important to be grounded in the word, um, but also just in the way of health, um, something that I think uh, I went through years ago in my own life. And it was a time when I just really had to confront, you know, who is Ryan Heathco? What is my identity? Um, you know, my identity is in Christ. Uh, my identity is, is not that I'm a pastor. Um, you know, and, and obviously the natural thing for us to do is, hey, I'm Ryan, I'm a pastor. You know, I identify by what I do for a living. Um, the problem is that if I'm identifying solely by what I do for a living, then, you know, when my platform as a pastor has been taken away from me because of the pandemic, um, you know, if we're measuring numbers and, and, and those numbers are drying up, whether it's, you know, attendance or any other number uh, that we that we measure and we value, uh, you know, all of a sudden my self-esteem, my sense of worth, my value, my emotional health as a consequence uh, starts to really ride low and uh, put me in a bad state of mind. Whereas, you know, my identity being in Christ, that's an unshakable place uh, to right. pin who I am, uh, my value, my self-worth, and on down a long list. And so for me, that's been the number one place uh, for my health is just continually reminding myself, um, hey, this this is who I am. This is what uh, Jesus says about me, and, and it's the truest thing about me. Um, for us as a, as a leadership team, as a church, staying healthy as leadership, you know, we've redefined uh, some of the things that we measure here in the midst of the pandemic. Um, and, and we have already grappled with the concept that this is going to be a long road back um, that if if Pfizer re, uh, releases a vaccine or Lilly or some other big pharma company, it doesn't mean that everybody's back in church uh, the next Sunday. Right. This is a long road. And so we've changed uh, some of our metrics as well, uh, because for us, uh, that's not just important and vital uh, for, for measuring, uh, you know, our goals and, and setting the right targets but it's ultimately vital for our, our health as well, reminding ourselves what really does matter in the season. Are we seeing the spiritual transformation? And what does that spiritual transformation look like uh, in the context of our local body? And so all those things are kind of conglomerates of, of how we've stayed healthy as a church and how I've stayed healthy as a leader in my living room. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I love that. I love the idea of, of, of the leadership at BDCC. And I think you personally just saying, okay, Whatever the dashboard of success that we had before, that has to change now because not only just for metrics, but also just for what does it mean to 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 holistically minister to a person, right? In this season, in this pandemic, um, in this racial tension, and all of these things, how do we holistically help somebody? Uh, you know, as uh, as the the saying at BDCC goes, how do we help someone know Jesus and make Jesus known, right? And so that that changes. The dashboard has definitely changed. And I love that you guys are out on the forefront and being innovative in that in that area as well. Well, Ryan, if there's just one thing that you could encourage our listeners on to say, hey, do this and this will help you lead or maybe give you a better footing in leading your living rooms, your workspaces or your homes better. What would that one thing be? Yeah, I'd say have a reckoning with your identity. Think about the things that you're measuring and that are giving you a sense of self-worth and value. Uh, they may not all be inherently bad, but they may not be truly worthy of a Christ follower and a leader. 
And so that's certainly something to weigh, especially in the season when everything in our life that's not bolted down is being turned over. Yeah, man, that's good. I love that. Have a reckoning with our identity, guys. So take a take a moment, take a, a deep dive into who you are, understanding that you are in Christ Jesus, and that's the most important thing. Well, Ryan, we appreciate you joining the episode today, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah, no problem. And I want to thank you for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, big favor, and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts, which will help this show reach more people. And you guys know what I say. This is what it's all about. It's not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.